This is Scaring is Sharing. Yes, it's a podcast where we share spooky news and our frightful views with each other and you on all things horror. And you are Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you are Brandy Joe, the Flaming Scream Queen. Plan back. I am. Hi. How and are hi. you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How are the oh, people? I wonder. Right. Good. You no, know, just, you know, what? I feel like a little bit of a final girl this week. Yeah. There were massive layoffs at my work, and my team of oh, 16 no. is now six. Oh, my God. That's right. I had seen that in the news. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's kind of, it seems to be the corporate world in general. Layoffs are the thing I'm hearing. So hopefully people out there are surviving. Yeah. And if you're not, don't lose hope. Uh, you know what? There's plenty of people. Someone on my team who lost her job Monday got a new job today. So, yep. you know, it's just a get job. back up to it. Stand back up, fight back, find a new battle or whatever. Don't, you don't need to be in a battle. Just, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't have to be violent, but you know, just know there's always more opportunities. That's right. That's right. That's right. Jeremy and you were just away on vacation, right? I was, um, I don't know if you can tell on the video, but I got a little too much sun. So that was my horror story. No, I can't tell. Yeah, I got a little, I'm peeling a little bit on my cheeks because of, uh, I underestimated the sun's effect on my pale European complexion. So. Oh, and as I always ask, did you see any ghosts? <laughs> no ghosts. I did see a shooting star. I mean, that's uh-huh. kind of like. A ghost of a star. Yeah, that's cool. I think because I was uh, I was uh, sitting out by the fire alone one night and uh, I saw a shooting star. So oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, awesome. Well, Jeremy, last week I don't think we had a single terrorgram, and this week nope. we have four of them. This week we have a lot of them. Yeah, so. maybe more than ever. So I think we should start off with those and then dive into some other stuff. Yeah, let's get let's, to the people. The people are what it. really matter. What really matter? Let's hear what the people say. And uh, the first uh, yeah. telegram uh, subject line is spooky question, and it reads: "Greetings from the darkness. It's fiend of the podcast, Nico the Knave, coming at you with a hot topic question." The last ep, there was a lot of talk about which movies have lost their luster over the years for you, but I'm interested in which movies especially creature comforts, just grow on you with time. We all have those moments where we go, is that movie I love as good as I thought it was? And there's nothing better than being proven that hell yeah, I'm right to love that movie. For me, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight has been a long time babe, and no matter how many years that pass, whenever I come back to it, I find something new that I love about it. Other notables would be the OG Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Event Horizon. So there you go. Have at it, fiends of the screen, Nico. Thanks, Nico the Knave. Nico the Knave. I like that. I like that. Man, this this is such a like broad question for me because I'm like, what are movies that do hold up? I'm like, too many, Nico. Too many name that I've 
forever obsessed with, but I think he was off to a good start there with the original Texas Chainsaw. Not that I ever thought that that was not a good movie, like ever, you know, it's held up to me or the original Halloween or I don't know, Return of the Living Dead. There's so many that I'm like, yeah, they never falter for me. I can watch them a hundred times. And the fact that he mentioned Event Horizon, um, I thought it was kind of funny where I see Event Horizon. The chatter on the internet is that... um, I guess some people don't like that movie. Like it's a divisive movie. Some people think it's not good. Others like it. Um, I've always liked it. Uh, and I guess I kind of saw it at a time when you existed in a void with your movie opinion, uh, you know, pre-internet chatter days. So I just thought like everybody thought this was a good movie when I first saw it as a teenager. But I quickly learned that was not the case uh, as soon as you're able to talk to more people. But I enjoy Event Horizon. I think it holds up. So, you know, the one that comes to mind for me and it's, not a horror film, but I feel like it's adjacent enough given its author is Stand By Me. Like, oh, yeah. I love Stand By Me as a kid, but I'm like, mm, let's watch it as an adult and see. And oh my God, it hits so much harder once mm-hmm. you're an adult and have gone through some shit in your life and loved some people and lost some people and are away from your childhood. Like as a kid, I love that movie, but as an adult, I fucking. It is so good. It's like mm-hmm. up there, up there. So it's one that got better with age, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then like another one, like Rosemary's Baby. I didn't, you know, this is a little off of what he's asking, but the first time I saw it, I thought it was fine. And it, I don't know. It was maybe 20 years ago that I watched it in entirety. And then, I don't know, seven years ago or something, I decided to watch it again because everyone was talking about how great Ruth Gordon was and I love her. And so, like, I went back and I rewatched it and I was like, holy shit, this movie is so good. How did I not feel that way the first time? Yeah. Sure. Because it is brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a fucking gut. Mm-hmm. But thanks, Nico. And listeners, let us know what movies get better with time. Please, scaring and sharing at gmail.com. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think. I, I feel like there's some more solid answers for you I could come up with, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that I've not watched in a long time and then revisited and was like, holy crap, it's even better than I remember. But I, 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 I'm, I'm blanking. I'm totally blanking. So, but with most questions, these are ongoing dialogues. So I'll probably revisit this idea another time. That's right. So let's go on to our next terrogram, which comes from the Merchant of Menace, Christian from It's Only a Podcast, which I oh, think he's a yeah. first time writer. I feel like yep. you know he he and Ian were on the podcast, one of my favorites, and I've been listening to them so much this week, so it's been fun, and I, I have to write them a correspondence one of these days here soon because I have a lot to say to them. Uh, but Christian writes. Terragram incoming. Hello, gruesome twosome. I wanted to write in to answer your question from the night of the demon episode about if there was a movie for which we had a big opinion change after a rewatch. For me, what came to mind is Spike Lee's romantic horror drama, The Sweet Blood of Jesus. I had reviewed it when it originally came out and was fairly mixed on it. Years later, I revisited it while going through all Spike Lee's joints chronologically for a podcast and loved it completely and consider it one of his very best. I don't think that movie got nearly enough attention at the time, though I know it's an acquired taste. Wondering if either of you have seen it or if there are other movies that never got their due that you love. Your Merchant of Menace, Christian. I gotta say, I've never heard of this film. 
um, what I know about it. I don't know if it's a remake strictly or if it's just based on, but uh, it is a remake, new adaptation of an older flick called Ganja and Hess. Oh yeah, and I've heard which of has that film. Been rema- which has been, uh, sorry, which has been recommended to us a number of times, I believe, at least once or twice. Um, yes. So that's what I know about it, because uh, Ganja and Hess is like a little bit of a, uh, a, a non traditional. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Unconventional. A different take on the vampire story than you're used to seeing, um, and uh, the, the sweet blood of Jesus is from what I understand, a remake or at least, you know, heavily inspired by Ganja and Hess. So, yeah, that's, a, they showed, I think some of that on horror noir and it does look very interesting. I do need to see it. And yeah, I just, I don't know this movie. I don't know a ton of Spike Lee films and I know I should, cause he's like brilliant. So I gotta get on in there. Christian. Yeah. I like, I like Spike Lee. Um, but I only think I've seen like a handful of his his joints uh, all together. And I mean, I love them like do the right thing. I think is one of the greatest movies ever made period, but yeah, his work's very good. I've just always meant to like really sit down and watch everything. I think that would be worth the effort to do at some point. So. Yeah. And in regards to Christian's question, if they're like, what other movies never got their due that you love? And of course my go-to response is the final girls, which Mm -hmm. Christian and Ian reviewed on It's Only a Podcast. They did not love it from what I recall, because it was one of the, when I saw they reviewed it, I would like had to listen to that episode. And I think they were like, yeah, this is cute. <laughs> and I'm like, I love this movie. Yeah. But I mean, that's the one that like not nearly enough people know. And I recommend all the goddamn time. Every time yeah. I can get a chance. I know it's rough, isn't it? When you're like, go, oh, they're going to review the movie I love. And then they didn't like it. And you're like, <laughs> like, I'm super petty and caddy on letterboxd and like when follow like i'll get like so-and-so started following you and then i go and look at their stuff uh but if they like rated a movie i love really low i'm like i'm not fucking following you Duh. Like, I don't <laughs> wow need, i don't need that stress in my life seeing you, you rate, petty. Like, i am you're Lori petty very petty about those um so just so you guys know i'm i'm judging your letterboxd if you follow <laughs> me on there and there's some key movies like especially like if you don't you're not down with star wars like i don't need that stress in my life to see you rating the original really low so i'm over it um wow fighting words <laughs> but anyway um yeah i don't know what didn't get it to do that i feel like uh again on the spot i can never think of anything but there's more than a few i know i've been screaming like the praise of for years uh and then every so often I'll see an article like, Oh, are they like reevaluating this? I think it kind of ties into the whole, what do we call it? Unpopular opinions that we're always talking about where the world seemed to hate this movie, but I thought it was a good movie. Uh, One of my big examples I think was the remake of the Wolfman with Benicio del Toro, which I think is a decent movie uh, for the budget and when it was made and what they were doing. But everyone just like universally hated it when it came out, except for me. I was like, I thought it was fun. And then years later, I feel like certain uh, uh, review sites, blog sites uh, of the horror world have kind of been like, were we wrong all along about this movie? Like, it's not that bad watching with modern eyes. So uh, I think it was one of those cases where it came out at the wrong time, which can happen. It really can. Um, Yeah, well. 
again, I want to know what other people think. And everyone, please go listen to It's Only a Podcast. It is fantastic. It's my favorite podcast. Fun guys. Yeah. Amazing guys. All right. Well, now we have a double header because Teacher Drew from Phoenix wrote in right after we recorded last week. So here we are. Give us our first one. Okay. So the first one goes, hey, guys. We are now two weeks into the school year and things are off to a great start. Some exciting news. I have a student whose parents own a local chain of movie theaters. These are my people. Cool guy with sunglasses emoji. (laughs) Truth be told, I felt a little disconnected during the intro to your last episode. You mentioned Blair Witch Project, one of my least favorite horror films of all time. And then you discussed The Happening, a movie which I really like. I know I hold unpopular opinions on both, but what are the odds? And then it's a laughing till he cries emoji. In other news, I'm trying to keep up with my horror reading. I finished Insomnia by Stephen King. If you haven't heard of it, there's a reason why. It's slow and sprawling and quirky in an uninteresting way. Uh, I am now reading Roost by a movie podcast host who gave horror writing a try. So far, so good. I'll keep you posted. On Netflix, I'm hooked on the very dark fantasy, Sandman. Have you caught it? I'm interested to hear your take. Lastly, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was good fun. It was based on a real game. We played it in college. I came in second. Till next time, guys. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Stay you. Love to you both. Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Teacher Drew! Oh so it gosh. is a real game, as we wondered. Yeah, and he came in second. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, those are unpopular opinions about those two movies that he Absolutely. has. And I, I believe he gave Bodies, Bodies, Bodies five stars on Letterboxd, speaking of yeah. creeping on people's Letterboxd profiles. Yeah, that's a good, uh, yeah. good flick. We yeah. like it. Yeah. Insomnia by Stephen King. I know of it. Uh, and I know it's one of his lesser works, so I've always skipped it when I'm looking for Stephen King to read. So, Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I wonder if it's sort of like uh, I had a similar experience with um, the Tommy Knockers. Oh, sure. Anyone's read that one, but I had a similar uh, feeling to uh, Teacher Drew with Insomnia where it felt sprawling, but boring and, you know, kind of went nowhere fast for a long time where I'm like, this is one of those cases where old Stevie, I know you don't have an editor anymore because you're a proven commodity. I assume I'm assuming they just put his stuff out now as is, but uh, an editor would have been great on that to cut out like 200 pages or so of book that were just not related to the story. So uh, I just remember the film. It was not good. Yeah. The movie was not good. The book was, could have been great. There was a great story, I think in that book, uh, but it just had, too much going on and not enough focus. One of those, he, 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 you know, they, they happen every so often for him where I feel like it should have been condensed, should have been edited. Uh, take some of that sprawling stuff out of there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, here's the latest one from teacher drew and he writes, Hey guys, you put out the call. I answered in a recent episode. You asked us to talk about movies that we viewed differently upon rewatch. Mine is a little surprising. When I first saw the latest incarnation of Candyman, I thought it was wretched. I was brutal in my review, calling it trite, boring, a disappointment and entirely unnecessary. Wow. A few months ago, I did a rewatch on streaming and thought it was brilliant. Why the change of heart? All I can say is it must have been my expectations going in and perhaps more importantly, where I was in life. Such a dramatic change of opinion. 
In other news, you need to have the movie Glorious streaming on Shudder on your radar. It is wild, quirky, and a bit of Lovecraft. Overall, it was original and I liked it. And don't blink or you'll miss the twist. Speaking of twists, I watched the new Orphan First Kill. No one will see that twist coming. It is crazy fun and Julia Stiles is excellent in the role, though I seem to remember you're not a fan. I say give it a watch. That's all for now, guys. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. And I don't know, everyone knows what we're talking about on this episode already. Yep, so there you go. <laughs> That's what we're covering. Um, oh, and I want to say Sandman before we move on, Teacher Drew. Yeah, Sandman, I watched the first episode. Uh, it was very good. Um, good. I've been meaning to watch more of it, but for some reason on my smart TV, uh, where I do most of my TV watching in my living room, Every time I try to watch Sandman, it crashes my Netflix app for some reason. Weird. Uh, which I and it doesn't do it to anything else, but for some reason on that TV in the Netflix app, if I start watching Sandman, I'll get like a few minutes in and it'll just stop and crash and I have to restart and restart and restart. So I like I don't know what that is. Netflix tech support. I was looking online to see if other people had that problem, but uh, nobody's mentioned it, so I don't know what's going on. Too many people watching Sandman crashing. Maybe, 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 I don't know, but I got to get back to it. I've been reading the comics, um, brushing up on those and the show has done a pretty awesome adaptation, uh, well, at least from the, the first episode I saw. So very good. So, yeah. And regarding Candyman, I'm glad that you've come around teacher drew because yes, we very much enjoyed that film. It was very good. On that note, though, I listened to its only podcast episode about Nope, and it really made me want to rewatch it. I mm. they they both loved it, and um, Christian had a really traumatic experience going to see it. He had Slurpee thrown on him. It was a whole ordeal. You got to listen to the oh, episode wow. to get all the details. But everything they talked about, I was just like, wow, wow. Okay, I need to go back and rewatch this. I don't know what I was hung up on. I mean, it was such a good experience. I was with you and your wife and your brother. Yeah. But for some reason, it just wasn't gelling with me that day. But they really made me want to re-see it. And I feel like I could walk away with a very different opinion. So that's one I want to do a rewatch of. Yeah, I know it's hitting, uh, speaking of, it's hitting home media and streaming very soon here. So uh, oh. I do want to uh, give it a rewatch. Oh, speaking of, here you go for the trip. There was, uh, it was one night when I was on vacation, The you know, the, watching the sunset over Lake Michigan. You can see the interesting cloud formations in the distance. And then there was just this one little like flat shaped one that looked kind of like the creature from Nope. And I was like, ah, pointed it out to Sarah, but she was just like, you're stupid. <laughs> and have you heard of this movie glorious? I have. That's I feel the, like they kind of stole our idea. I was going to say the, they stole the gory, gory hole. hole. So I'm like, <laughs> if this movie exists, I got to write. We got to write gory hole. Try and I sell know, it. Because I don't think this one literally is about like a guy going to get his dick sucked out of glory hole. I yeah. think there just happens to be a glory hole in like the stall that he's stuck in or whatever. I don't really. I know just a vague amount about the plot, but the poster yeah. is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it's the so poster beautiful. looks awesome. Yeah. Again, all I know about it, too, is I saw a news article that was like J.K. Simmons voices a glory hole in the movie <laughs> so i'm like oh okay i gotta see this yeah that sounds fun well cool well thank you everyone that is very exciting we love teragrams and we love you so scaring gmail at gmail.com 
or follow us on the Insta. That's how Teacher Drew and Christian wrote into us. So follow us and write us. And yeah, get get on it, babe. Do it. Do it. So let's skim over some hard news really fast. First yeah. of all, I read that Jason Blumhouse, he had an interview and he called the last paranormal activity trash, which was, I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I like I like when producers, directors, whatever, get real. Yes. Uh, and like instead of just because Hollywood is such a I don't know. Nobody ever talks bad about anything uh, like to, to a point where it makes me incredulous where I'm like, there's no way like everything is that good. Or I know contractually you're not allowed to this, that, or the other thing. So it's amazing when the veil drops and they actually do are like, yes, we agree with you guys. It sucked. We know it sucked. Sorry. So, and some things I'm really looking forward to, although I haven't watched any trailers or anything, cause I don't want to cabinet of curiosities and the midnight club. Yes. Yes. I mean, anything Mike Flanagan touches. Yeah, uh, I think this. Sorry, I know I'm talking about them a lot, but I've been listening to them a lot. I think it's only a podcast coined the term Fanagan because I'm a total Fanagan. I got to say I, anything mm-hmm. he touches. I love except for Midnight Mass, <laughs> which I should give another try at some point because maybe you'll change your it. mind this time around. Now, have you watched? There's like a trailer for Cabinet of Curiosities, isn't there? Yes, there is. It looks super cool. I'm excited. I've heard it looks so good. And I love Christopher Pike. So I'm excited about Midnight Club. I hope some of his other books get some treatment because I think he deserves some love, just like R.L. Stein. So those look fun. Yeah. And I think the House of the Usher is supposed to come out soon, too, right? Like, I feel like this fall, it's also supposed to come out. I think that is correct. I haven't heard much about it. Um, So, yeah, but I think it's coming soon. And the Black Phone sequel conversations are happening. Did you <gasps> hear that officially? Uh, cool. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but... I know. Cool. I wonder if they're going to go the prequel route as well. Oh, yeah. That could be fascinating. Like, Because if you got more... I, I think Ethan Hawke's performance was incredible in that movie. So if yeah. we got some more time with that character, him developing the... the what was he called? The Snatcher? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Or the grabber, the grabber, yeah, yeah, the yeah. grabber. If if they if we got to get inside his head some more, the pathology of that character could be really scary, really interesting. Yeah, I just would hate for it to be like an exact replica of the first one. Obviously, you don't want any sequel to be like that, but to be like someone's captured and there's the like. I just feel like that whole phone thing with the ghost calling. I wouldn't want to see that twice. So. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see where it goes. I wonder if it would be called something else and not be about the phone. You know, Mm -hmm. it'll be curious. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a cabinet of curiosities. It will. It will. (laughs) I have one other thing, but do you have any other horror news? Uh, I got a couple things. Uh, First off, the day that we are recording, which will be meaningless to you and for everyone listening in the future. But today, the teaser trailer for the new Hellraiser movie coming to Hulu dropped. It did? Uh, yes. Uh, you should you should watch it because it's literally one of those teasers that's just, it says the title Hellraiser in this like scrolling text uh, across the screen and you can just barely make out the new pinhead's face behind it with creepy music. And then it's coming October 7th, I think. Too. Yes. So, you know, we will be reviewing that when it happens. So. Is it... Is that the one with the female pinhead? Correct. 
Awesome. Yep, Love so that. That's going to be cool. Um, and then it was the trailer I, and I couldn't place it because the, 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 the way the text is scrolling and what they're doing in that, I'm like, there is another trailer. Did the original Hellraiser trailer do the same thing? Cause it looks so familiar. And then I was watching old Hellraiser trailers and so far, none of them that I found replicated that. So I know I've seen it. Now that I'm saying it, I think I remember. It's similar to the original trailer for Nightbreed, Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Oh, that's, that that's rings what a I'd bell. Seen. Yes, because the, the trailer just says Nightbreed, like mm-hmm. scrolling across the screen, really with creepy music. So there you go. That's that's what it reminds me of. Very cool teaser. When I think of Nightbreed, I think of a trailer that I think was on like a video I rented as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I just remember someone sort of running through what looks kind of like a maze. Like yes. I just remember them like running. Like when I think of Nightbreed, I think of that image. Okay. Yeah. And that sounds right. Cause that is like the famous trailer of Nightbreed is they're okay. running around. There's creatures everywhere. Like that's, you know, that's a good one. That's a good okay. flick. What else you got for me? Hit me. Uh, And in collector news, collector's corner, if you will, it was just announced that American movie, it's never been on Blu-ray before. It's finally getting a Blu-ray release, an upgrade. Nice. So that's a good movie. I'm kind of excited about that because it's been, it was on like DVD from a million years ago that you can't buy anymore because it's, you know, out of print and now a collector's item. So the fact that it's getting re-released again, and that's definitely a movie I would like to own because- it's just a really good movie. So I uh, I do want to snag that when that one comes out. Um, and um, I know it's coming to Blu-ray in Germany, uh, but the fact that it's coming out at all should give people hope that it'll happen in the US. The complete Freddy's Nightmares TV series is getting a release in Germany. So I'm hoping everyone's got their fingers crossed. That means there's going to be some sort of remaster relaunch in the U S I do know it's on Tubi right now, like the entire yeah. series, but everyone's still like in the collector's world, everyone's screaming, give it to us on like a disc we can own at home, like do it, put it out already. So yeah, hopefully it happens. And, you know, speaking of movies that you watch and get better over time, I would say, a handful of Brian De Palma films are like that. Every time I watch them, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is good. Including mm-hmm. the other day, Joe was watching Carrie, and I watched like, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes of it. And Jesus, fuck, that is such a good movie. It is so well-crafted. I lo- love the performances. It's just so well done. I just mm-hmm. can't even. Like, every time I watch one of his movies, I'm like, oh, no, this one is the best of his. And, like, mm-hmm. that is a sign of a really good director. Absolutely. So, I mean, except for The Fury. That movie I did not ever think any of those things about. <laughs> and I did not think it was very good when we did watch it. So there's always a few misses in every uh, every filmography. Yes, but goddamn Carrie's good. Yes, so I have one other thing. You know, I love my Ma- Mandela effects, and we've mm-hmm. talked about the Nintendo on here. So I watched a little video recently, and it had a Nintendo Mandela effect, and I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How would you get, in the original NES, how would you get the game to play? What would you have to physically do? What would, um, If I physically? had a game in my hand, how would you make it play? You would put the cartridge into the front of the thing. There's like a flap you lift up on the original NES. You flip it in, stick it into the slot, and then you push down, and it clicks into place. And then you hit the power button, and it'll start. Guess what? You do not have to push it down. No? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> Even the instructions tell you you have to, but you don't have to. Maybe really? that's not so ma- but yeah, this guy was like, holy shit, like I've always remembered as a kid, you have to push it down or it's not going to work. And then they like show all these people doing it and it just powers on. He's like, is this something over from the Mandela effect that you used to need to and now you just don't? Weird. I've got weird. a Nintendo. I think I still have a Nintendo at my parents' house. I got to like dig an that. OG. Yes, an OG. I got to oh dig God. that then out of the basement it, and try and it. Tell it. Cause this guy is like, I used to have an OG and now I have like a slightly newer one. Mm. And he's like, it definitely, you don't have to push it down to this one. But he says that there's like some mixed things online. But if you have an OG, you have to try that for me, please. Yeah, I got to go find it. It's it's in the basement. I got to go dig around. Get yeah, that. find some yeah. ghosts. That's right. Haunted Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Oh wait, wait! Oh my God, I keep I do have a a, a ghost story oh, from vacation. Uh, so the room that Sarah and I stayed in, and the place we rented, uh, it had this like old timey jewelry slash music box, like a big jewelry Creepy. box. That when you opened it, it was also a music box. Creepy. Uh, and because Sarah had opened it and looked at it, and it started playing its little ding ding song or whatever, and she closed oh, it. No. And then it kept playing like oh, randomly no. on its own. So we took it and moved it into the living room of the place. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not sleeping in the same room as the haunted music box. So. Oh my God. I love it. That's yep, really creepy. So, but it would keep it, would, the lid was closed, but it just kept going like, was it a tune you knew? Like was no, it WAP? I have, I have no. Yeah, it was WAP. No, I have no <laughs> idea what the what the tune was because it, it sounded like old and you know messed up. So it was just really slow oh, notes, like wow. ding, 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 ding. <laughs> doing that. We're like, oh my god, get it out of here. Oh wow, I love that. There you go. So I've watched one thing this week. I watched the third season of Servant. I like devoured it. It was so fucking good. I think it's my favorite season by far. It was so good in the end, like the last minute or so of it. I rewatched like three minutes or three times because it was just it's so well done it, that like visually it's awesome. And oh, my God, it is. It was such a good season. So anyone who watches Servant or if you don't, I say go watch it. All the seasons were good, but this one was top notch. What is, I don't know Servant. Notch. What is Servant? It's that M. Night Shyamalan, um, Apple original, oh, whatever okay. the Apple originals are, with like Rupert Grint, and there's a couple, and they have one of those like fake babies. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they I don't hire know this that kind one. of creepy girl to come like nanny for them. It's it's really good. It goes some really bizarre places, but so, so good. All right, well, shall we get to our movie? Did you watch anything besides the one episode of Sandman? Uh, and then you were cock-blocked by Netflix? Yeah, then I was cock-blocked by Netflix. No, nothing. Up. Oh, uh, I did watch. I wanted to mention this. <laughs> Sorry, I've got so many things that just keep jumping to mind. Uh, not really, barely even tangential to us, but I watched on Paramount Plus, they had the 25th anniversary South Park concert. Oh, uh, Like the replay. Fun. Uh, on there. So I watched, you know, it, I understand the actual concert was like much longer. And then the thing that was, that's on Paramount plus is just kind of like a greatest, you know, hits, if you will, the best segments from it. Okay. Um, but they did a song from cannibal, the musical. Oh, which one? Shapoopy or whatever it's called. No, they did, uh, when I'm on top of you, uh, Ah. which was his love song about his horse. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought that was like, I gotta mention that Cannibal the Musical. Like how many people in that audience even knew what that was? Well, 
I bet it was all super fans, so they probably right. knew it. But uh, the fact that they acknowledged it after so many years, that was awesome. So did they like just pop it in the middle, like making it seem like it was from South Park or like how did it intertwine or since um, it was just piece of the concert, you don't know necessarily. Yeah, not necessarily that one, though, like they had these big screens up that were playing like clips from the show or like little animated things. But that one, they were playing clips from Cannibal the Musical up on their big TV screen, like while they were playing that one. So okay. that okay. was pretty cool to see. Fun. Shall we now get to our film? Let's get to it, because the other thing I watched is related to this movie. So <laughs> I watched something related to this movie as well, but not the whole thing. All right. So this week, as you know, we're doing Orphan First Kel from 2022, the year of our Lord. After orchestrating a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility, Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. So, so you watched... Orphan, I imagine. <laughs> the first orphan. Uh, so confession, I was pretty sure I had seen the movie. Uh, and then I watched it and I'm like, okay, now I'm actually not sure I ever watched all of the first orphan <laughs> all the way through because there were scenes that I was like, yep, I know this. I've seen this before. And then other segments of the movie that I'm like, nope fucking idea what happens next or what's going on so i'm like okay so apparently i never watched this all the way through um when it came out i was trying to remember if it was like a netflix by mail did i have the disc and only like half paid attention to it or maybe it was one of those like caught it on cable on one channel and was like flipping back and forth between different stuff like sort of situation but as far as i can tell i do not remember watching the whole movie all the way through so uh watching it this time i was like oh okay it all makes what sense did now. you think of it i thought it was okay i didn't think it was great you know it was one of those movies i remember when it came out it was one of those i don't know how even how to describe them but they're they're one of those horror movies that the normies all like too you know what i mean like you're non horror going people normally like everyone grabbed onto it like and they're the ones that tell you, it's so good. It's so scary. And I'm like, have you seen Cannibal Holocaust? Like, I'll tell you what's actually <laughs> obscene and crazy and over the yeah. top. Here's so, a Serbian film. Check yeah, exactly. it out. Come back to me. Exactly. I felt I felt like I had one of those kind of edgy, too edgy for my own good reactions when the first one came out where I'm like, there's no way this is actually scary or good if normies love it so much but um watching it, it you know it's got good performances yeah vera um, formiga is particularly good she's great um and margo with, martindale's in it yeah yeah love her and uh and the titular orphan uh is isabelle isabella isabel Furman. isabel Furman. i mean she is instantly iconic as that character she does such a good oh, yeah. job playing it in both movies for that matter but um yeah. just in general it feels like a glorified lifetime movie yeah i mean it's really the bad seed which there is a bad seed on lifetime with the little girl from hill house and everything um uh, we talked about her before what, what is her name the little girl that i love and i said i i am mckenna grace <laughs> oh yeah yeah and there is a new one coming out a new bad seed on lifetime Oh, boy. Like the bad seed returns. The bad seed returns is what it's called. And she's like a teenager and I cannot wait. Jeez. But it really okay. is just, I mean, I know there's all these killer kid movies, but like, I I feel like Orphan is the most 
It's like, oh, we're going to take the bad seed and we're going to put a little twist on it, which I saw this with my parents and mm-hmm. no one knew the twist yet. And I was pretty shocked, I got to say. And okay. if you don't know all that stuff with Peter Sarsgaard is like, whoa. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I, uh, I, uh, I knew the twist because I remembered the story from the news that the whole thing is inspired by. So I was like, kind of had a guess going all the way back when the original came out. I was like, uh, I think I have an idea where they're going with this because that news story was still, you know, hot off the presses that okay. inspired the movie. So. Yeah, and it's a, the original is over two hours long. It is long. Too long. When I started it, I was like, no, like, <laughs> you don't need to be this long to make your point. But And Dark Castle. Uh, like, yeah. wow, that's a that. they were the of past. a They were of a moment. Okay, I watched I watched Kill Count because he just released one like last week for Orphan. So that was mm. fun. It was like the whole thing in like 30 minutes. Oh, good. And so I got like refreshed. Not that I really needed it, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Orphan, first kill. What are your thoughts? Better than I expected going in. Like, I totally would say the bar was pretty much laying on the ground. That's how low the bar was for me going into this, (laughs) where I'm like, it's been like a decade since the first one. Do we really need a prequel to this character? Like, the first movie itself, I thought, did a good job explaining her background. So it's like, did we need the origin story? Um, But watching this, I was like, Okay, no, I think they did a solid job uh, creating creating that story and giving you some somewhere to go with it. So unexpected avenues, I suppose. Yeah, and I think I had one friend who wrote me. He's like, "God, this movie's so horrible." Like, I mean, she she looks older. What? How they? How are they? They think they're trying to trick us, blah. blah. And I'm like, I think they expect everyone watching this to know she's not 12 years old anymore. Like mm-hmm. she is this older girl playing it. And because of that, the trickery they do is like funny. And like, it's like, you're like, oh, how are they doing this? Oh, now we have a little girl riding in front of the camera and then we pan over and it's Isabel Furman. Like I thought all that stuff was clever. Mm-hmm. And I found some of the, the, the spots where she looked so little <laughs> were so funny. Like, I, yes. I, it's not quite wet, hot American summer where they're like, you know, these like 40 year olds playing like 17 year olds, but there's almost a little bit of that feel. Yeah. Suspension. But it's, still, of- it's still trying to, yeah. Suspension of disbelief. A hundred percent. Yeah. They're still relying trying to on be a, a horror movie. Like it's not like, yeah. Oh, we're a horror comedy. It didn't like cross that line, but I still found it amusing. Amusing is probably my favorite word to describe it. Yeah. It, 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 and watching like literally like back to back where I finished the first one and then I started this one and watched like the first 20 minutes or so uh, immediately after finishing the first one. Uh, so the the end of the first one, like they there is a moment where they put her in like aged up makeup. Like uh-huh. it's when the veil was dropped, they clearly did a makeup job on her to now make her look older. Uh, and so I'm like, did they, y'all forget that? Like, you know, and they did, they did a good job with that makeup uh, in those, you know, final scenes. So it's like, yeah, no, it all jives to me. I mean, I think you guys are just being nitpicky. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes people look different when it's been over 10 years in between, yeah. you know. So especially when you were a kid and now you're a grown person. I think in Overkill, they touch on that. And I think she spent like five hours in makeup getting made up into the older version of herself in the original orphan. Like mm-hmm. there's some post where she's like, here's after five hours of makeup. So like, yeah, they did age her up yeah. in that. Yeah. 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 So it jives to me. 
And okay, I'll say this about the film. And I mean, we won't get spoilery for a little bit, but I will say that I was sort of meh about it. I appreciate that it's more, there's more kills and stuff. Like it ups the ante in the horror realm. The original is like more of a thriller a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a horror movie, but like there's like two kills in it or something. Like there's three, three, three. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's pretty low. But here I feel like it ups that quite a bit and it's really bloody and I love that. But I sort of was like, mm, ho-hum about it until a certain point. And then when that certain point hits, then I found it very, very fun. Yes. And the other unexpected thing about this is I have made it known, as Teacher Drew pointed out, I do not like Julia Stiles. And I thought I liked her in this, which yeah. is a huge surprise. She did a good job. you know. She and looks it's, amazing. It's kind of it funny, too, because I think about how I don't recall being aware of anything recent she's done. I'm sure she's been working, but you know, I haven't heard that name or been like, Oh, Julia Stiles in quite a while. So, uh, it was, it was cool to see a, uh, uh, a really good role with her in it or a really and, good role for her. Oh my God. The husband, Procef Sutherland. If I'm mm. mispronouncing your name, I'm so sorry. He is such a hunk. I could not even contain myself when he was on screen. So attractive. So you were like, I would be trying to seduce him too. <laughs> she didn't go as far in this one. It was a little different because he really thought that she was his daughter. Yeah, he did. He just wanted to believe so bad. <laughs> so I was reading this thing that Isabel Furman like was talking to one of the producers of the original or something and like mentioned like, oh, people really like this movie. It's too bad we couldn't do a sequel or something. He's like, well, we have this script, but no one wanted to do it. And then I guess there was some other more recent real story of something like this happening, that this this person with, like, dwarfism, um, I, I want to say her name is, like, Ashley Grace or something like that, and her parents, her adopted adoptive parents – found out that she was really younger and she still claims that that's not the case, but they like abandoned her because they were like, uh, no. And, and after that, like, she was like, oh, we really got to do a sequel now. Something Uh along those lines. So, and I'm glad they did it. Like, I mean, it's, it's the thing on paper where it's like, why that seems so silly, Mm -hmm. but it's, I think it doesn't take itself too seriously, especially when maniac is playing and she's driving a car, smoking and wearing sunglasses (laughs) and putting on lipstick. I was like, that is a meme just waiting to happen right there. I loved that moment. I legitimately LOL. I L L O L. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, there's just so many moments it's the little moments. There's all these little moments <laughs> I enjoyed in this, like the opening at the uh, institution for, yeah. I would assume they're criminally insane because that was, you know, some violent inmates uh, being kept there, violent patients being kept there. So it felt like a, it felt like a uh, Estonian Arkham Asylum uh, yes. <laughs> for the Batman fans out there where I'm like, that, that's kind of, I like that. I like to spend time and I know it's pulpy and, you know, not necessarily accurate to real life, but, you know, the tradition of the, like, oh, the dark, insane asylum full of these violent offenders is just a great setup for any, you know, horror yarn you're about to spin. Um, yeah, and just, it it goes from there. Like you said, it kind of drags for a little bit. Like, I'm in, I'm hooked at the, the beginning. Uh, then it drags for a little bit. It feels like a retread of the first movie. And then 
uh, it takes a turn that once we talk about that, I will say I did see coming. Oh, you did. I'm going to be that guy that, (laughs) but there there's context I have to give to that. So, um, yeah. And then it hits the, hits a certain point and it becomes a new game. And I, I really enjoyed like watching it all unravel. So. I don't know if it was because, you know, they weren't using any CGI. They were like very upfront about that, which I appreciate. Like I liked the, the visual trickery. Like I've said, like I like that they have this little girl running and it's just, it just was very amusing to me because she was so tiny mm-hmm. and then you'd have Isabel Furman, but I, I appreciated it. I thought it was clever and I'm like, Oh, that, that's, that's, fun i like watching this um but there were two things that i was not crazy about with it and one is it felt like it had this haze over like the film like this sort mm-hmm. of like like the lens was rubbed with vaseline like early episodes of like rupaul's drag race were like it just felt like and i don't know if that was to deal with like the fact that she's older and you wouldn't tell as much if it sort of had this like glaze over yeah, it just put a filter over everything exactly so, yeah and then I didn't like that it was called First Kill because I didn't believe that this was her first time killing. So, like, I felt like it could have had a better name. Yeah, exactly. It feels like it should have just been, like, Orphan Origin or something like that, you know? Yeah, something different. I mean, First Kill has a nice ring to it, but I'm like, I don't think it is. Because yeah. I feel like you could do another one and go back even further if you wanted. So Sure, and at this point, too, like... I feel like they need to just take shit back to how they used to do it. And it should have just been called orphan part two. (laughs) The fact that it's prequel, whatever, we'll figure it out, but they should feel like naming conventions need to go back to how slasher movies, which, you know, this fits into that vein into the, you know, slasher horror movie sort of mold. That's what you do. Just call it part three, part four, just, you know, so nobody really cares that you came up with a clever subtitle for it. So. I did. I, the other thing that I read in this one article is Isabel Furman said like that they didn't want it to be just just like the first one. And like you're saying, there was this brief time where it felt like that, but then it really does become its own movie that is not like yes. just a rehash of the first one. And I knew that there had to be a twist because the first one had a twist and it just seemed like it, there needed to be one here. So let's get spoilery. So okay. if you want to go watch this, go watch it or listen to us and you can still go watch it and probably enjoy it. But yep. so I'm going to say what I thought the twist was going to be before even watching it. Okay. I thought the twist was going to be that she ultimately wasn't the Esther from Orphan, from the first one. Mm. I thought it was going to end up being like her daughter or something. I don't know. I don't know what, but I, I, I was thinking it wasn't going to be one and the same and that was going to be the twist somehow, mm-hmm. which was not the case. But, Not the case. So tell me how you knew about the twist with Julia Stiles. So going into it, I saw it like part of the ad campaign for this damn thing. Like I caught a blurb or something from it that was like, you won't believe the twist. And I was like, oh, you fuckers. Now I know there's a twist going into this. Yeah. And my brain won't stop trying to figure it out. Uh-huh. Um, and it was the moment when she meets, you know, Julia Stiles and gets reintroduced to her family quote unquote family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, well, mom seems real cagey. Brother's acting real squirrely. I'm like, somebody knows the real Esther's dead. That's going to be the twist. Like somebody knows for a fact that Esther is actually dead. Uh, and it's just a matter of who. And then, you know, the movie answers it for you. We're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. I was right. I knew that's, you know, why they were so weird. And that's where it was going to go. Very Jean Benet Ramsey is what it yep. felt like. Yeah, absolutely. Which not necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, I kind of called it and I was like, oh, there it is. And that adds a new interesting layer to it. 
but in that whole like final act of the movie with the you know we're talking spoilers they already know the the brother and the mom Mm -hmm. uh i was just like oh you silly bitches think you can win she's a professional like what are you (laughs) you're out of your league thinking that you know you have control of the situation uh so i got a lot of enjoyment out of because you know we all love seeing and they were just horrible people you know at their core when you got to know them better they're actually awful people clearly not only did they are they complicit in murdering a child together? They're just, you know, awful humans. So it felt great to watch her just dismantle their lives. I loved that final set piece with the burning house and everything. I just thought it was so cool. And mm-hmm. it was just fun after we knew that they knew. Like, I loved, like, the back and forth between them. I loved the sort of baby Jane reference with, like, the rat and the, the smoothie. Yes. And I loved her slapping the brothers. Like, if you do that again, I'm going to kill you. So she just does it again. She does it again. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But her stealing that car was, like, I was like, okay, okay. This, Amazing. This is good. Yeah. Yeah, and it just keeps mounting. And again, I just kept sitting there. Um, I was thinking of uh, the movie Collateral. If you remember that one, it's got Tom Cruise and it. Jamie Foxx in it. And, you know, uh, Tom Cruise, long story short, Tom Cruise is this hit man that gets entangled in Jamie Foxx's life. But they have their own, like, confrontation towards the end of the movie. But Tom Cruise's character has this great line where he says, I do this for a living, Max, to the other <laughs> character. Uh, and that's how I felt like that could just personify Isabel Furman in this. Because it's like, what? They can't hope to win. Like she escaped from the Estonian asylum. I mean, she (laughs) knows what to do in the first movie. They talked about how before she was incarcerated, she was a lifelong like con artist to begin with. So it's like, this is a, this is a violent uh, professional criminal. (laughs) You're not, you're not, I don't think you're going to get the drop on her at any point. And you know, that's kind of, how things played out so yeah it's it's silly fun and i think you can't watch it thinking you're coming into a serious movie no you've got to be like okay let's go into this and let's have a little bit of fun go in with low expectations expect to be entertained and you will be yeah and i think that it ups the the ante as i said on like the murders and the kills and the blood and just everything it just sort of says like let's and, and it did really well at the box office did it? Like oh it yeah, I did. I saw two that. million in like four hundred theaters or something. It was like one point eight million. But yeah. like they're like, if this would have been released wider, again, just like Prey, it's like it could have been huge. It would have probably been a cultural like phenomenon. So you know, just like Prey could have been yep. even bigger if they had put it in theaters. But but I think it's thing. just that stepping stone to be like, okay, well, when the next one comes out for both of those movies we're talking about, that yeah. it's going to be out in the theaters and be big and huge. Yeah, I, I feel like we're we're living through a moment where some uh bigger horror movie productions were not as uh big money makers as they hoped they would be and you know and then of course covid switching everything up but uh, I f- I feel like the studios don't want to take a chance on these mid-range horror movies as much anymore so they're kind of dumping them to streaming or just seeing what works but yeah, I bet you they're kicking themselves over. Yeah, oh, we should open this wider exclusively in theaters. Could have made a lot more money. So, yeah. Well, there you go. I think that about covers it. These are just kind of silly fun. The first yeah. one was, and so is this one. Yep. Yep. If you love the bad seed, if you love the good son for some reason, 
Yeah. <laughs> it also is very reminiscent of The Good Son. Of The Good Son. You probably love these. So. <laughs> All right. Well, out of. Oh, I have one for this. Do it. Out of five uh, Chekhov's crossbows. <laughs> that was so silly when it was introduced. It's like, oh my God. Like now, now we know what's going to happen. You're like, how obvious is that going <laughs> to be that it comes into play later? This stupid scene of him just shooting a crossbow. Like, look. Right. Here's a crossbow. Yep. Just out of nowhere. Yep. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it three and a half. Check out his crossbows. <gasps> You're going to go three and a half. Yep. Oh, Are you man. going higher? <laughs> no, I, I mean, you've, you've compelled me. I'm going to give it a three and a half too. And in fact, I'm rating it higher than the first movie now. Oh. So but I rated the first movie. So, well, there's a scare of approval. Yeah, and I meant approval. to ask, out of five broken wrists, how many do you give Orphan 1? Orphan 1, I gave three. Okay, okay. but That makes sense. And that was, I felt like it was too long. <laughs> That's where it uh, lost me. Yeah, yeah. Too long. But this one, I was like, after it was done, I was like, I would more want to rewatch this one than the first one again. Definitely. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, I think that's higher rating, three and a half. I did love in the first one they used, uh, that little girl was actually a deaf actress, which I really appreciate. Oh, yeah. 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 She's just so sweet in it. Oh, my God. I love her. Love her. But the son was kind of annoying. In the the first son one. was totally one of those annoying kid actors. Yes. Like, Ugh, shut totally. up. Totally. Yeah, she was She was great. Isabel Furman's yep. fantastic and just has great. that that look to her where you're like, oh, you're up to no good. I know she's in Hunger Games. I don't remember her because I watched it a million years ago. Mm-hmm. But but yeah. 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 Scare of approval. Yep. Check it out. All right. Well, again, scaringandsharing at gmail.com. Hit us up. Follow us. Rate us. Write us. Smash that like button. Smash it. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening. And Jeremy, thank you for being there. You're a bright spot of my week every oh, week. Same to you. This is like, I'm, I'm always like, time to do my real job, which is this <laughs> podcast every week. So it's, it's always exciting. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, um, it's coming. It's in the trees. That's my favorite. I've listened to Hounds of Love nonstop like the last like two days. I cannot stop listening to that song. And you know what? At this point, too, because I've listened to it as well multiple times. And I'm like, I feel like if we ever did like a live show or something, that song has to be worked in there. That would be like our and intro music or something like yeah. that. So I think yeah, that's a contender. But It's coming. It's in the trees. <laughs> Till next time, guys. <laughs> Evil dies tonight. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. All right, bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.